Good morning. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me introduce my three guests with me today. Thomas Gretsch, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Queens County Chamber of Commerce. Tom, nice to see you again. Thanks for having me, Mark. Dominic Minerva, President of the Valley Stream Chamber of Commerce. And Lou Federico, Vice President of the Rosalind Chamber of Commerce. Thanks. Good morning. Thomas, Dominic, and Lou, welcome to Chamber Chatter this morning. Let's start the program like we always do. And that's by having each one of you tell us a little bit about the role you serve and the communities that you serve. Tom, uh, Tom or Thomas, by the way? Tom is fine. Tom is fine. Okay. Tom, you are the Moby Dick of all chambers. <laughs> all right. Typically, the chamber, letter, uh, chamber members that I speak to oversee one, maybe two communities. Uh, in Tom's situation, um, he oversees an entire county, mm-hmm. Queens County. Um, can you give us, the listeners, some statistics on Queens County, uh, you know, numbers that might interest our listeners, uh, population, business population, that kind of thing? What can you tell us about Queens County? Mark, again, it's a pleasure to be here. And I love these kind of facts because Queens is chock full of them. Um, if a city would be the fourth largest city in the United States of America with just over 2.3 million people, uh, we are the most diverse place on earth of the 3,000 or so counties in America. We're number one by far. Our nearest competitor for diversity is Miami-Dade, I believe. Um, 175 languages, 190 different uh, nationalities. Um, An interesting part about that, too, when it comes to business and just life in general is of those 2.3 million, 400,000 are over the age of 62. So the words today in that in that um, uh, senior generation are aging in place. These are people that are not going to Del Boca Vista down in Florida. <laughs> the kids live on Long Island. They might live in Westchester. They live in a nice garden apartment. They're happily retired and they're staying in Queens. And that's an important piece when it comes to things like health care. So in the last number of years, uh, Queens had become a hospital, a hospital uh, desert where hospitals had closed up. And now over the last couple of years, for example, when it comes to business, we've got Mount Sinai. We've got New York Presbyterian. We have, of course, of course, Health and Hospitals Corporation. But we have our friends from Long Island. Northwell is now a major player in Queens since they bought Forest Hills Hospital. But uh, we, we, love, we love where we live. Again, the diversity is fantastic. And uh, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Now, there is the Queens County Chamber, but I know within the chamber, um, there are a couple of, what do you call them, business districts? Or how do you define, how do you break out Queens? Because it must be impossible to oversee an uh, an entire community of that size. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We, we, it's like herding cats, right? So we have a lot of affiliates and partner organizations like the Maspeth Chamber of Commerce, right? It's a relatively small chamber of commerce, but I'm a big believer in a rising tide lifts all boats. And when I got there four years ago, I think lots of people looked at me with some trepidation when I said, I'm not going to be big brother. I wanted to kind of be an umbrella organization for all these. Uh, and again, we have a, we're full timers. This is our, this is our, our full time um, day job gig. I've got a staff of about 12 people. Uh, that this is all they do is work with chambers of commerce and other businesses. And so we partner with people across the borough. And again, we go from the Rockaways all the way down by the water, all the way up north to to Little Neck, uh, north and south. 
and to the to the east. We go all the way over to uh, to the Belrose area and to Long Island City. So it's the largest geographic borough of the five boroughs. We have more single family homes than any other of the five boroughs, and uh, we we work really hard at building bridges within the communities because they're all different. The needs in Rockaway are definitely different than they are in, say, Bayside, Queens. And so different folks for different strokes. And we, and we pride ourselves on um, helping them out in different ways wherever they need help. All right. So I'm taking notes here. Fourth largest city in America. What else were you saying? Um, the, the number. <laughs> you got me wow, on that one. Great stuff going on now. The Thank first you. time you and I met, uh, I believe you told me that Queens County is made up of nine 12, 11 business districts. How many? So we have four, do you, break, you break it out? Yeah, we have 14 city council members that represent the borough. Of the 51 in the city of New York, 14 are from Queens. We probably have by neighborhood probably like 25 or 28 different areas, like a Bayside. Yeah, and we also, we also pride ourselves in, you know, I always joke with my wife and other folks who happens to be from Brooklyn, she's from Brooklyn. But when, you're, when, you, when you may have been raised in the area called Queens, you're from Bayside, you're from Little Neck, you're from Rockaway. You don't really say Queens. It's almost, it's that, it's that borough of neighborhoods that you talk about where you're from. Ozone Park, et cetera. It's an, it's, it's an interesting you know, conundrum and, 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 and challenge that people talk about all the time that it's a neighborhood-based type of thing. Now, just the opposite in Brooklyn, where people usually say they're from Brooklyn. Correct. My daughter lives in Clinton Hill, but if you people ask her where she lives, she says she lives in Brooklyn. That's right. That's right. So interesting. Lou. Yes. The charming village of Roslyn, just a stone's throw from the WCWP studios. You probably walked here. I could have. I could have. <laughs> um, Roslyn Chamber of Commerce is just a part of the territory that your chamber represents. Can you talk to our audience about that? You represent a number of communities, don't you? Well, we, we really focus on the, the Roslyn areas, but we do uh, also include and have participation from businesses in the surrounding area. But we really service uh, Roslyn uh, Village, which is, uh, you know, the uh, the very historic uh, part of uh, Roslyn. And we also uh, have Roslyn Heights and East Hills are all parts of uh, the Roslyn uh, community uh, itself. But then you also have beyond uh, those areas, you do have some of the ancillary areas uh, surrounding Roslyn and the Roslyn Heights areas, which would be like we have some participation in uh, Greenvale, for example. We have some participation in even uh, Albertson. So we do get some of the uh, surrounding towns that don't have a strong or in some cases uh, no uh, community uh, type of uh, council like we have that they uh, the businesses are joining ours so that's it, the answer I was looking yeah, for so exactly. yeah you actually you, you have a number of towns uh, small communities around you that don't have a chamber and you've sort of uh, taken them because I think Albertson did have a chamber at one time Greenvale did have a right. chamber and as those chambers sort of went by the wayside uh, you embraced those communities and those businesses and welcomed them into your chamber we did because they, they really are adjacent to us and it's uh, the, the businesses are uh, you know, so close to, to our Roslyn businesses that it really makes sense to, to be a part of our uh, our uh, community if they, in fact, don't have the option to uh, have their own uh, uh, you know, group. Hmm. Dominic, um, the village of Valley Stream, right on the border of Queens County. Yes. It's possible that Tom may want to take over responsibility for the... <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got enough work to do. Anyway, uh, how are things going these days in the uh, in the... Chamber of Commerce. Uh, things are going very well. Um, 
We are exclusively Valley Stream. Uh, to our west is the Queen's Chamber, and to our east, uh, Limbrook, they have their own chamber as well. Although occasionally we will get a uh, member from the five towns, as I don't believe they have their own chambers in that area. Uh, but things are going well. Our membership's com- consistent. We uh, continue to look for uh, you know, new programs, special events to host and uh, reach out to our membership. We work very closely with our village, our incorporated village, although technically our chamber is beyond the village boundary lines. Uh, we do work very closely with the village on special events and things like that. And um, uh, we're looking forward to a good year. What about a community like um, North Valley Stream, which I think technically is in the Woodmere School District? Is that right? Uh, no, South Valley Stream would be in the oh, uh, what did I say? North Valley Stream. So South which ba- they call North Woodmere. North Woodmere uh, South, slash South Valley Stream okay, got that right. is uh, in the Hewlett uh, School District, yes. Um, most of our membership is from more Central Valley Stream, although uh, we do not limit it, uh, but most of our membership is uh, centrally located. We do have uh, members that are in that uh, South Valley Stream, Millbrook uh, section uh, of the village, um, but uh, the majority is from more Central Valley Stream. And our, our business district uh, is on Rockaway Avenue between Sunrise Harry and Merrick Road. That's our main business district. Uh, and that's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our members are in that area as well. Where does Gibson fall into all of this, the little charming little community of Gibson? Gibson is in South Valley Stream, um, not really uh, North Woodmere area, this uh, South Valley Stream. And um, we do have members who are in the Gibson area in South uh, Valley Stream that are chamber members. Um, so they, they do participate. And we just uh, had one or two new members join, a new bakery that opened up um, on uh, in the Gibson, right around Gibson Boulevard and Monroe Boulevard. Uh, so, yes, we, we, we include them, and um, we're happy to have them. Great. Uh, coming back to you uh, for a second, Lou, um, how are things going with your Chamber of Commerce? We talked about the territory that your uh, chamber covers. Um, how are things going these days? Uh, the, chamber, chamber? Uh, the Chamber is uh, very active, and uh, we're getting more and more involved in, uh, in the businesses in our community, and I think the businesses are recognizing uh, we're really there to uh, to assist and help and uh, help their businesses thrive within the community you know so many of uh, of our uh, of our shops are uh, you know challenged by the uh, just the the uh, the way business is done today with you know internet and the amazons uh, that are uh, so uh, aggressive in allowing a customer to not have to go out of their house to shop and uh, villages like roslyn uh, Really, most of our stores are really very, uh, very uh, in need of people, you know, visiting. We do have some businesses that are very driven by uh, internet sales as well. But um, we're trying to to keep the community, uh, local business, as thriving as we can. So that's really been the thrust of the last few uh, years of our activity, particularly parking issues and things like that, that have been really a challenge to the to the local businessmen because they have meters and. They've changed from meters to these, uh, you know, central machines where you have to put in uh, your coins and then to get a ticket and go uh, walking back to your car. And then the meter sometimes doesn't work or the, the machine doesn't work. It's been very frustrating. So um, then you very, get a ticket. I'm very familiar. <laughs> and, and then you get a ticket on top of that if somehow uh, uh, the machine wasn't working when you got frustrated and uh, didn't go back to, to try another machine. So we, we've been working with, uh, with the uh, – the uh, local officials and trying to make, uh, you know, these things uh, a little bit more supportive 
of the businessman and the, and the business person in our community. Tom, you wanted to add to that? Yeah, just to make a comment about that. So I, I'm originally from Astoria, and I grew up in Rockville Center, and I, and I live in Malvern. And I, I this is might be something interesting to think about. <clears throat> I never forget a number of years ago when uh, Gene Murray, the mayor of Rockville Center, left, and his son Fran ran, ran for ran for mayor. Uh, one of his platforms, which was stuck in my mind as a business person, was if elected, he would remove the uh, parking meters and any kind of parking fees after 6 p.m. At the time, Raffle Center had 65, 70 restaurants. If you know Raffle Center, there's a lot of parking below the railroad tracks right. in the area, yeah. which was the genius of 50 years ago. And those uh, meters went to midnight, if I recall. Correct. And I know people that own restaurants there that their 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 visitors and their, their clientele would get so many tickets, they would come into the restaurant. I'm never going to come here again. And the restaurateurs themselves gave the, the proprietor, gave the, the guest money to pay for that. It was such a maddening experience when you should be encouraging it. Long story short, he won the election. There's no meters after 6 p.m. And there's like 125 restaurants downtown Rockville Center. And it's now spawned uh, transit-oriented development. There's a bunch of uh, apartment buildings that have been built there, condos and co-ops, what have you. I just think smart thinking like that. He forsake he for he did the for, he forsake the revenue from the meters, whatever the numbers were. The, the, but the benefits, the upside was it's huge. unbelievable. So yeah. I think I think sometimes when people are in government, we get they get caught up in tried and true ways of doing things. And I got to tip my hat to Franny Murray. Um, for what he did, because now it's a booming downtown scene. There's probably too many restaurants and too much stuff going on down there, but that's a great problem for, for, for people that are in the retail business, storefronts, restaurants, and so on. So, you know, parking is one of it maddens me that, that there's an issues with parking when people need to come and, you know, go to stores. Yeah. We had the president of the Rockville Center Chamber on, uh, last year in 2019. Um, and the community is just thriving, but the issue remains parking. But it's a little different this time. It's not about the meters. It's about them being a victim of their own success. There are not enough spots. People don't have a problem feeding a meter. They want to spend time in that community. Um, So we digress a little bit, but Mm -hmm. uh, point well taken. Um, Tom, uh, the mighty Queen's Chamber, as I did my research, is over 100 years old. Been around a long time. Uh, Founded in 1911. Now, you mentioned... 20 some odd neighborhoods. The research I come up said it represents 13 neighborhoods in Queens. So, uh, and I think that was lifted off your website. So, is it 28 neighborhoods or 13? It depends or about how you split it. Like, there's certain uh, parts up in Whitestone where you have Whitestone, Malba, College Point, Bayside. Everybody has their own little neighborhood that they want to call it their own. And so, we, we support all of those. Yeah, all yeah. of those. So, I know you mentioned you have a large staff. Um, and I can imagine it takes a, a Herculean effort to oversee uh, a chamber like the Queens County Chamber. Can you uh, give our listeners some insight into what a typical day, week is like for you? I mean, is every day putting out fires or is there a little more method to your madness? Well, there's fire prevention and there's always firefighting, right? So the fire prevention part of the model is we have 1,150 members, probably the most members we ever had. Those 1,150 members represent 100,000 Queens-based employees. Hold on one second. Did you guys hear that? 1,150 chamber members. Yes. Remarkable. That, that's incredible. Thank you. And we work hard. We earn we earn that every single day. And and one of the things that we've done to kind of get people to come and join the chamber and then stay, because retention is the key thing. Our membership levels are not not exorbitant. But sometimes people, you know, don't get involved. And we use an adage. One of my guys on my staff, Brendan Levy, uses this term about like a analogy to a gym membership. D- don't spend $39 a month or whatever it costs to join a gym, not go and expect to still be in shape and lose weight. You, you got to go. You join the chamber. 
tour, you really kind of got to go and be involved. I have been trying that for the last two years. And that's <laughs> <been working. laughs> when you can figure that one out, give me a call. We'll, we'll, we'll go together. But it, but in all seriousness, you you got to get involved. Life, business, especially business life, is not a spectator sport. So in 2019, we just fi- finished tabulating. We did over 350 events. Events as small as an attorney, a labor attorney in, a, in an office talking about um, workers' comp law to five or seven people, to a big expo, a business expo at City Field with 2,000 people, so and everything in between, right? So we do lots of those kind of things. But the retention thing is based upon, they're not silos, but they're subject matter expertise in a variety of areas. We have 11, like 11 or 12 different membership committees run by members um, that are real estate, not-for-profit. Uh, ed, um, um, uh, manufacturing, uh, restaurant hospitality, healthcare wellness. So that attracts people. And one that we did recently, I talk about a lot, was the Healthcare Wellness Committee came up with. They wanted to address the opioid crisis, which is, you know, chambers are fun and jovial and networking. And I right. was a little bit reticent about the whole notion it's of a, opioid it's abuse. It's a heavy subject. It is a heavy subject. But you know what? They came to me with a project plan and I said, you know what? Let's go for it. And we brought in people in there and it was remarkable about how, how do businesses deal with somebody who might be afflicted by this, right? Safety issues. If somebody's working machinery or driving something, right? A, a, a crane or a truck or whatever else. How do they operate that safely? And the things you have to look at when you have, in my case, 90% of my members have 10 or fewer employees. There's no HR department. Wow. So they come to the chamber for resources and for guidance because, because of those challenges. So it's one of the things that we try to do to get, get members to come and then stay. Okay. I would say we uh, try and do the same thing as well. We have a speaker at every um, general membership meeting. We meet once a month for our general membership, and we try and do the same thing, find informative speakers, things that our uh, membership would want to hear and learn about. Okay. Good stuff, guys. When we come back, we're going to play Genie in a Bottle, and that's where we're going to find out what your three wishes are for your Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. You're listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit WCWP.org. This is Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. For over 4,000 discounts island-wide, download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S, or you can visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My three guests with me today, Thomas Gretsch, President of the Queens County Chamber of Commerce, Dominic Minerva, President of the Valley Stream Chamber of Commerce, and Lou Federico, Vice President of the Roslyn Chamber of Commerce. All right, gentlemen, so let's play Genie in a Bottle. Tom, you're taking in a Mets game at City Field. As you step away from the action to grab a hot dog, you spot a lantern on the concourse. You pick it up, you give it a rub, out pops a Genie offering you three wishes for the Queens County Chamber. What are they? A World Series for the Mets. Very good one. <laughs> good uh, th- that really would be one of my, one of my top ones. Uh, other than that, I would just say uh, it's increasingly difficult to do business in New York State. It's no secret. Um, 
And I think what I would wish for would be less government inter interference and allow our businesses throughout the, the county, the city, the region to let them loose, to go and grow their businesses and have opportunities without being stopped by red tape and restrictions and so on. It's just killing our small businesses and large ones as well. And uh, that's a really, really important one. That's a big wish, um, but I really do think um, that it's an important one. And then the, the, the third one I would say would be to have more um, connectivity with our peers throughout. I look at it as, and I, and I am biased about this, um, my enemies from business are not Long Island or, or even Westchester, our enemies are those that don't, uh, from a business perspective, I'm being somewhat facetious, but our challenges are Connecticut, New Jersey, South Carolina, and Florida, the unfettered access they have to our members, our businesses throughout. End of the day, if a company goes from Queens to Valley Stream or Valley Stream to Roslyn or Roslyn to Queens, we're all New Yorkers. It all pays into the common fund. We're all taxpayers. But what kills me is when people decide to uproot and leave. And I think that's something within our control to help fix that by having less, uh, less restrictions and less red tape. Hmm. Interesting. I thought for sure number one was going to be uh, your first wish is to have Amazon come back and reconsider the Long Island City location. I can talk about that all day long. <laughs> but you know what? All the things that they came for in the first place, um, they're all still there. We just launched a campaign yesterday called relocate to Queens dot, dot org because all the things they chose us for in the first place, they never left. Those those things never left. Hmm. And that's, that's an unfortunate part of our past, but uh, we're working to kind of fill that gap. Okay. Lou, you're taking a stroll around Roslyn Pond. You look in the water and you see a lantern floating. You reach over, you pull it out carefully without falling in. Out pops a genie granting the chamber three wishes. What are your three wishes? Well, I think uh, similar to uh, what we just heard is uh, I would focus even more on the, the local government uh, and uh, restrictions that uh, the communities have to deal with uh, from a business perspective. They're always jumping through a lot of hurdles and uh, red tape to get uh, their businesses to operate with, you know, with costs that are high. I mean, we touched on the, the parking is always a hot button for the communities. And, uh, you know, right now we're still dealing with uh, the, the parking issue in Roslyn Village particularly. Uh, where we find it's uh, really a, uh, a a big detractor to uh, customers coming into the village and uh, and shopping, and uh, that's the largest shopping strip we have uh, in in our community, and it's beautiful and charming, and people love shopping there and the restaurants, of course, on the night uh, activity as well as a lot of them even serving lunch. Uh, have to deal with really uh, some difficulty uh, with parking and. We've addressed this with the, uh, you know, the local uh, village, um, and uh, it's it's difficult. They see a revenue stream that they don't want to give up, despite the fact that having business uh, booming in that area and uh, with, with less restrictions would, in, in fact, I think, put more money in their pocket on on taxes and all the other things that uh, that drive uh, their revenue streams beyond just worrying about parking meters. So um, those kind of things, uh, we we really uh, would like to see. Uh, Lifted, changed, and, and again, have, have the local governments much more in tune with what uh, they can do to help business prosper. You know, I think more than any town that I'm familiar with um, on Long Island, um, maybe an exception or two, but your parking is, is, is truly limited by the geography of your community, whether it's a pond mm -hmm. on one side, whether it's the Long Island Sound on another, or it's the cliffs 
to the east of you, and there's not a lot of places to go to find new parking space. Correct. Very limited. Uh, so how do you, uh, you, is there consideration of a parking deck or something like that? I, don't, I mean, I just can't imagine that even flying. Yeah, I, I don't think a parking deck would fly there no. again with the whole historic uh, kind of side what of about the community. What about 18th century motif? <laughs> Maybe. Horse and carriages. We'll, we'll learn back to. But uh, we've actually had some discussions uh, again with the uh, with the village, and uh, it does appear there's a little bit of some uh, areas that are actually being worked on right now at the uh, eastern end of uh, of uh, of our uh, main uh, village strip there that will be uh, opening as a parking lot, which will be. But again, we're talking probably. 30 spaces. It's not a huge amount. You're talking the, about the top of the hill of Main Street? Is yes, you, exactly. The eastern end. Exactly. The northern. Yeah, exactly. So that uh, is being worked on. Of course, right now, it seems like the construction of the of the sidewalk has been going on for about six months in front of the parking lot that's been uh, delaying the use of the parking lot. Uh-huh. But there's also another uh, parking area that's uh, adjacent to the post office area that... Uh, and, and a little bit uh, west and north of it that looks like it could also give us a little relief in parking. Not a, term, a tremendous amount of spaces, but again, even if it's 25 spaces and the 30 and the other, 50 spaces makes a big difference in the, in the uh, village. So it would, it would help to have that expanded base. But I think going back to just not having uh, meters or limiting the meters uh, even more uh, would be a, 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 a real promoter of business. Well, you could certainly use the Rockville Center example that was Tom cited earlier, bring that back to the village. Uh, Dominic, you're spending an afternoon at Valley Stream State Park. You look over in the grass and you see a lantern. You pick it up, out pops a genie giving your chamber three wishes. What do you got? Okay, I looked at this uh, in a local level. My first wish would be for increased membership. Uh, we've had very consistent membership. We've had 90 to 110 members every year. Hold on one second. Tom, can you afford to give us maybe 100 of your uh, 1,200 members and give them to Valley Stream? You're right on the border anyway. We'll Let's cooperate just... in some way, but I'm not giving my members up. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> well, I don't know if, if we would ever be able to hit 1,200 members because that would be about 120% of the businesses in Valley Stream exactly. joining. But uh, we certainly would like uh, to increase the membership. Uh, maybe we do have, you know, several hundred, maybe even a thousand businesses throughout the Greater Valley Stream. So we would definitely like to increase the membership. One year, uh, we had some company, you may have never heard of them, but it's called MapTunes. They came in hmm. and they uh, helped us with a membership drive. And we got up to about 130, 140. So that was successful. And um, we definitely would like to increase our, our membership. Um, I'll see if I can... Uh Talk to the guy at MapTunes and put a good word in for you. Uh, My second wish would be for for a physical location. Um, So we have a very lengthy uh, downtown business district. It's between Rockaway. It's Rockaway Avenue between Sunrise and Merrick. But uh, at that area, uh, the difference is is very long. It's longer than in Limbrook or Rockville Center. Um, so I would like uh, to have a presence on Rock. We have a physical storefront. So when we have special events, when we have holiday things, when we have our festival um, and other events, uh, would be nice. And even when we're not having special events, it'd be nice if there was a location where people could stop in and find out more or we could have hold our meetings there and we have an address where um, we can conduct our business. Um, my that's last. A good, by the way, that's a that's a good wish. I think that's important to have that visibility. Most chambers don't, mm-hmm. but when they do, whether it's a Great Neck or I just was in Belmore the other day and saw something by the train station, 
I think the visibility just for the residents to know that there's an organization that's supporting them and the businesses, it's important to see that. Because otherwise you're kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yes, right now, right now we, we meet where we can, you know, if it's a bank that lets us use their conference room or something like that. So, yes, I, th- I, I would like to have that physical presence. I'm not saying we could afford it right now, <laughs> but it, it's definitely something if I was given a wish, I would like a physical presence. Uh, my last wish would be uh, for an executive assistant. We have um, uh, 18 directors. We're all volunteers. Uh, when you have, and out of those 18, five of those directors are on the executive board. Uh, again, all volunteers. So if we can have an executive assistant to help us with membership drives, help us with social media, help us with um, you know sp- organizing our special events, and actually Tom gave me a great idea uh, a few minutes ago when we were off air that uh, the Queens County Chamber uses interns. So that's something I'm definitely going to bring up with my board of directors and see if uh, that's something we might want to pursue. Uh, be great for the students to have a resume builder and it would be great for us to get uh, some extra help beyond just our volunteers. Great wishes. Real good ones. Lou, uh, does Rosalind Chamber have an executive assistant or somebody who works part-time? We, or? we, we do have a part-time uh, uh, assistant, kind of an office assistant yeah. that has uh, actually been relatively new. We uh, we uh, created that position. It is, is it, a paid, it is a paid uh, position for us, and that's been about a, the last year and a half or so. And again, we found there's just so much administrative activity going on because, again, our chamber – uh, very much like Valley Stream is all made up of volunteers, and uh, it makes it difficult when everybody has you know full time jobs and other focuses to try to uh, devote the amount of time that's often uh, required, particularly on just the follow up administrative membership drives, emailing f- and sending letters. It's a tremendous amount of uh, time uh, consumed in those kind of activities. So that's been a help. Uh, for sure. But again, on the voluntary basis, uh, we have what I find is in almost any organization that's voluntary, there's the doers and the, the, uh, the, and the, and the, and the others that kind of hang out and are part of the team that don't contribute a lot. And uh, the contributors are usually about half of the, of the, of the group, and uh, they do the work of 90% of the activity. So uh, I wish we could distribute the uh, work a little more uh, throughout the the uh, amount of uh, members we uh, have, and also have members that will volunteer for committees and get involved. Because again, the uh, the uh, the boards themselves uh, are usually uh, overworked, and we're all volunteering, so it's tough to uh, devote what it takes sometimes to get some of these projects done. As the expression goes, uh, work gravitates to the most competent, and you're right. And in a lot of chambers. Typically, it's a handful of people doing most of the work. Uh, Tom, I'm sure you recognize what a unique situation you're in. I mean, not only do you have a a large um, business population to oversee, but at the same time, you've been given the luxury of a staff, uh, and this is a paid position for you, whereas I don't think there's a chamber on Long Island, uh, I'm talking about Nassau and Suffolk, that has a paid, I don't think, uh, I may be speaking out of turn, but I don't think there's a paid uh, president. but again, you've got a 
lot of work to do too. So when I first you should there, be paid for that. Yeah, thank you. And when I first got there too, we didn't we didn't have lots of resources. I mean, the membership grew. The the the, uh, the some of the discretionary funding that we get from uh, New York City and New York State helps go a long way. But you know, I've always been a big believer. I used to teach part time at Farmingdale State College, uh, entrepreneurship and small business. And sometimes when you dealt the hand that you're dealt, you got to find a way to get help. And uh, what we started doing was getting um, um, students to come. In some cases, originally it was uh, non-compensated, but now they're compensated, a small amount. Some of them work for credit. But end of the day, you get volunteers. And I think in a place like Valley Stream, you put a pitch out there on your Facebook page. I always joke around about my 17-year-old. I'd come home with the pictures of daddy on Facebook, and she's like, that's for old people. And I thought Facebook was hip and cool. And so now, because we got some millennials in there and some young um, some young. Uh, high school and college kids, we now have a Snapchat. Now we have Twitter. Now we have all these different things. And we uh, we use a program called Hootsuite that populates all of our all of our um, social media platforms. But they come, they help, they, they add a whole different dynamic to it. Uh, and I also look at it as in, in, in a way of, you know, giver's gain and, and not really a quid pro quo, but giver's gain. That young person can come back to a guy like Dominic or, or Lou and after six months or a year and for resume purpose, I was joking around with Dominic about have the person become your director of social media. Sure. How nice would that be? They go apply for a job in the city or somewhere else in Long Island if they have that in their in their bones to go out and be be a social media person. I was director of social media for the. What'd you do? Well, I ran the social media programs for the chamber. That person could go out there and do all kinds of great work up and down the block on Rockaway and and help you know Dom grow his chamber. Whether they're volunteers for other stuff as well, whether they're young or old, I also think, you know, I'm a big believer in the wisdom of our elders. Now that I'm getting older, um, people might have some spare time that might be able to go and help you with even filling envelopes. I don't know what it could be, but you got to ask. And that's, that's the key thing, I think, to go out and ask your community to give back and help out the businesses. It's a good suggestion. Um, Lou, before we take a break, um, I want to give a shout out to Stephen Blank, mm-hmm. who is the president of the Rosalind Chamber of Commerce. Um We've invited Lou um, Stephen to come on the show uh, a number of times, but he works in the publishing business, and uh, today is their day that they close out all their publications. So Stephen can never make it here. On a Wednesday, so, yeah, that's true. On a Friday. Or a Friday. On Friday. Or Friday, sorry. Um, so anyway, I just want to shout out to him. And uh, we got it just a couple of minutes here. Um, something very exciting is happening in Roslyn right now down in the village. All right, a project that back in the early 1970s um, began to be talked about, and I'm talking about the revitalization of the Roslyn Grist Mill. Mm-hmm. It's been 50 years that this idea has been kicked around, and it is actually happening. Can you talk for a minute uh, for our audience about what's going on? And uh, I can just sense the excitement as this finally, this eyesore finally begins to be revitalized. Well, it's a historic site. It's a landmark. It uh, dates back uh, about 300 years. Uh, the village itself, as I said, is historic, and a lot of the uh, structures uh, date back uh, 150 to 250 years. But one of the oldest structures existing today is, uh, in fact, the grist mill, and that has, uh, as you aptly said, has been looked at uh, for funding and to be uh, revitalized and renovated for about 50 years, and it uh, finally has come to the point where the funding is uh, there, some you know, governmental, some also uh, uh, on, a, on a private basis that allowed the, uh, 
the uh, community to see that raised, and it just got raised last week. It had uh, been it dropped below ground uh, or street level by about twelve feet, and now raised it's raised uh, as in lifted, not as raised in, as in leveled. Right, li- lifted exactly, One raised, yes. raised uh, actually not uh, yeah exactly raised up from uh, from the lower. Uh, uh, levels. Uh, so it is now at the height uh, that it's uh, at street level and very visible where before you were kind of looking at the rooftop, not the uh, the building. And uh, it's uh, there are the plans in place to uh, have that uh, restored and renovated. And uh, it's going to be an exciting, uh, I think, uh, site to visit. And it, it, it brings back that history of our uh, of our community. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to be saved. It'll be a great compliment to the tower. Very exciting stuff. Okay, when we come back, we're going to play Ask a President, or in your case, Lou, a Vice President. But that's where I'm going to stop asking the questions to you, and you guys can ask questions to each other. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Rome once fell. And all great civilizations do. Is America falling? Could we be doing more? Some say it's because we have stopped focusing on learning and understanding what it means to be a good citizen. That's what this podcast is all about. If civics is dead, what happens next? Subscribe to Civics is Dead on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice, or visit wcwp.org slash civics is dead. I'm Mark Snyder. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and wcwp.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. The three business leaders with me today, Dominic Minerva, president of the Valley Stream Chamber of Commerce, Lou Federico, vice president of the Rosalind Chamber of Commerce, and Thomas Gretsch, president and chief executive officer of the Queens County Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Prior to coming on the air, I asked my three guests to uh, think about something they'd like to ask one or both of the guests here in the studio. So... I'll start with you, Dominic. Uh, any questions for the um, two executives here? In well, yes, the... I would um, I'd like to ask Tom. I would say, Tom, you know, Tom and I spoke a little bit off air before we started, and uh, he has some great ideas, and I know there's such a large chamber. Uh, you know, we're always looking to do special events and something different than just a standard lunch meeting or a breakfast meeting. So I guess I would ask Tom uh, if he has any uh, special events um, that he has done recently that may give us some ideas uh, for other things we can do to uh, attract a membership that you know might also be you know entertaining to our bu- and interesting to our business community. As somebody that thanks for that question, as somebody that lives in that general vicinity and 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 and, and you know patronizes some of your businesses, um, I'm sure most of them are relatively small, probably less than five employees, or whatever else. I think a seminar or a um, Uh, an event geared around what their particular needs might be, like workers' comp, right? If they've got a small shop and they have to worry about things like that, you you happen to be an attorney in real estate, but you bring in a local attorney that might know labor law really well and have a roundtable discussion about what what the, the, the pitfalls are of 1099 versus being an employee, how do you handle employee benefits, all those different things. Because now with unemployment so low, I know from from Queen's perspective, it's really tough 
to find good employees. It is really tough. And so the ones you have, you want to keep. If you're on on that trip on Rockaway and you're looking to you know make sure that you keep your employees and keep them happy, what are some of the tricks of the trade you can do to help make their lives a little bit easier and maybe offer or tweak the benefits a little bit differently or if you have benefits at all? But I think it's really important for the business owner to feel like your chamber is looking out for them because they don't have an HR person or or, or, or outside counsel. Or in some cases, I mean, I know in the chamber in Queens, I'll ask people, who does your taxes? Who does your books? My brother-in-law. Not always the best, not always the best choice for your book because things change all the time, right? IRS l- rules and regulations change in New York State and the city. Labor laws change. You know, if you've got more than so many employees, you got to do sexual harassment training. Mm-hmm. Who has the resources for that when you're a small business? So, so those kind of things I think be very useful for your members to get real value if you can offer that training. Thank you, Tom. That's a great idea. Most of our businesses are just a handful of employees, mm-hmm. and they may not have the resources to keep up with all of the human resource laws and the current uh, requirements. So uh, roundtable discussion on that, uh, good idea. Thank you. My pleasure. Lou, your turn. Question for one of our guests? Uh, probably ask Tom also, and I know you have a big organization, but I'm sure the challenge is, and I know you have a, a huge membership base. Uh, what we found is we have an, an ebb and flow of, uh, of membership. And uh, often uh, we have people come in, but they don't really participate as a member. They're not very active. They barely come to meetings. And uh, yet we uh, we certainly feel we're providing some benefits to uh, any member and their business in our community. Uh, anything that you're seeing as a driver to kind of attract people to not only uh, join, but to kind of stay as a member of the uh, of the chamber that really uh, keeps them going. With 1,100 members, you must be doing something right that they're uh, – they're actively uh, staying with you and and uh, at that level. And writing out a check every year. Right. That's always the challenge, right? Making sure that getting them is one thing, but getting them to stay is a right. totally if different one. The the, uh, the main maintenance of that base is is Absolutely. very important. And I think nothing is easy when it comes to this chamber of commerce or small business model. But you know, one of the things that I've I've done at the chamber, which I think is very impactful is a couple things. Um, Nothing is free at the Queen's Chamber of Commerce because free connotates no value. So it's either complimentary or included, right, with the membership, right? We offer a slight discount. We have networking events. It's 20 20 bucks for a future member or a non-member and 15 bucks to come to a happy hour or a networking event for members, right? There's a little differentiation there, not changing anybody's life, but it's like the the power of membership and getting that. And when we have larger events, the delta on the cost is somewhat else. Um, the other thing I think is really, really important is you think about your own life. Um, today, many times in life and in business, it's very antiseptic. It's, it's not much of a, of a personal touch, right? So I've been working really hard with my team to take the chamber from transactional to relationship. The only transaction is when they actually write the check and do the online thing to pay the to pay the uh, the dues. Everything else is a relationship. So we have a process in place. Over the course of twelve months, we have ve- we have nine different touch points with a person that actually does that. And you guys could do that with a volunteer to call after thirty days. And thanks to being a member of the Valley Stream Chamber of the Rosalind Chamber, um, anything I can do to help you. Anything you're looking to have us do that we haven't talked about yet, right? Is there any connections that you might need? And then 30 days later, 30 days later, just to make sure they feel like they're getting something out of it. And what do you do? You rotate that to, uh, so every 30 days they're hearing from somebody different from your staff? Correct. So I you see. guys could rotate around the board members. You've got insane folks. You know, you ask everybody, hey, listen, you got 90, 100 members. I, I need you to make 20 phone calls a month. Or in your case, it's downtown. Many of them might be just 20 knocks on the door to say hello. Hey, it's that guy from the Chamber of Commerce. Wow, there's a value there, right? We do it in a very automated way. When I say automated, behind the scenes, it's 
you know, myself, the biz development person, the chief of operations, different touch point to make sure that they feel like they're feeling the love, right? And that they feel like that it matters what you're doing. It's the relationship building that's so important. Because somebody might say, you know what? Um, you know, I haven't been to an event. Oh, did you know we have an event? Oh, you're a law firm. We're having an event on uh, on sexual harassment training. Maybe you want to come and learn about that, right? We have, a, we have a lot of events going on. But basically, it's from relationship. Yeah, uh, from from sorry, from transactional to relationship and making feel, people feel like like it matters. Mm -hmm. Can I add to that? Um, I have talked about this many times on on this program. Much of the issue with membership is that people don't feel a, a connection to the chamber. I joined the chamber and nothing happened. I joined the chamber and I can't make the lunch meetings. Um, I joined the chamber and I was expecting more. Whatever. One of the things the Hicksville Chamber of Commerce was doing for years, and I think it's brilliant, is that they move their meetings around. So one month, they do a breakfast meeting. Mm -hmm. The next month, it's a lunch. The following month, it's a dinner. And two months out of the year, they hold a Saturday morning, 10 a.m. meeting at the library. Now, if you speak to now the executive, uh, he was the... He's a, a chairperson now, but he was the president. His name is Lionel Chitty. He will tell you that that Saturday meeting is lightly attended. Mm -hmm. But he said, I see about 10 people that I never see all year. Because there are certain people who will only be able to go on a Saturday. Right. They will never make a breakfast. Mm -hmm. They'll never make a lunch. They'll never make a dinner. By moving those meetings around, it allows him the opportunity to see different audiences. Mm -hmm. there, listen, if you're in the food business, you will never make a lunch meeting. If you're in the gymnastics school, the dance studio, the martial arts guy, um, a tutoring mm -hmm. uh, center, you'll never make a dinner because that's when your audience is. So if you're a chamber that only does dinners, you're never going to see certain people. Some people have to get home at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I love what Hicksville does. I've never heard of another chamber that does it. But I think in terms of communicating and retaining people, people have to feel like they're, they're wanted, that they're valued. And if you never talk to them all year, then they say, well, what am I writing out a check for? The chamber doesn't even care about it. They don't even know I'm here. I've never been to a meeting. I'm not involved. Why am I writing out a check for $125 or whatever it is? So food for thought, I mention it all the time because I think I, I deal with so many chambers who only do lunches. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the realtors show up, the insurance guy who's got a flexible schedule, a few other people who can move around. But for the sole proprietor, you won't go to a lunch. I will say the Valley Stream Chamber, we do two meetings a month and we do a breakfast uh, that's 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. So that way you get some of the people that can't come in the middle of the day and we do a lunch. So we have a networking breakfast um, once a month and then we have a general membership meeting once a month. The general membership is normally a lunch uh, and that's the one we usually have the speaker and then we just have the networking breakfast uh, we have tried dinner. We tried it on two occasions and we wound up getting the same people that we get at the lunch. So uh, we did try rotating that in. Uh, we may try again, uh, but uh, we found that it was mostly the same people. And on the luncheons, we, we get about 30, 40 people with the chamber with 110 members is a pretty good That's turnout. Good and that number has been pretty consistent. Yeah. So but there um, are some people that you'll never see. Correct. Absolutely. Ever. Yeah. For a lunch. Yes. How about you, Lou? When, when do you guys have your uh, your meetings? Are you same same time every every month? No, we 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 were doing that, and we found uh, that again we were losing some of the uh, members just weren't available. So we did uh, begin doing uh, some breakfast uh, meetings as well, and we did 
see that we're picking up some of the members that wouldn't ordinarily come to Different an evening. Bodies yes, so we up. are uh, finding that does uh, assist in getting uh, some of those uh, those members uh, there that wouldn't make a, a dinner or a lunch. We, we seldom do lunches. It's pretty much been either breakfast, uh, I think we're doing about every third month, and we're doing uh, the, uh, the more dinner uh, or evening meetings is more typically what we do the majority of the time. And Tom, how do you uh, corral uh, or hundred? Uh, I'm sorry, eleven hundred members. You have something at Terrace on the Park or something like that. You yes, do like so you do like a big event like yeah, that or we something. Lots of those. We had one yesterday at a place called Anton's right over the border in uh, in, in Queens Village um, with the the, the current um, candidates for borough president. We had like a, a business discussion with them, and that was a breakfast. But we also do things on a very very intimate basis because again, when you're that big, you want to bring yeah. it home. How right? do you do it? Right. So right. so we have this coffee, commerce, and connections thing where we select. 10, just 10 in a conference room. And I, you know, I have the luxury of having a conference room. You could do it in a diner, but it's just 10 people. And I get them all together and it's just what it says, coffee, commerce, and connections. And it'll be like, you know, um, Dom, you're a lawyer. What, what kind of clients you're looking for? What's your top five list of people you'd love to meet that might be members of the chamber or not? Just people in the Valley Stream area. And we work really hard. I've got a great biz development guy named Brendan Levy that will, has a great memory of a Rolodex and we'll make connections. So it's like I, I always say that sometimes one and one equals two, but sometimes it equals three. And sometimes one and one equals a thousand, depending upon the connection. We've made some connections at the Chamber of Commerce that have yielded contracts in millions of dollars. And when they say, how can I ever pay you back? Be a member for life and tell everybody else where you got the business. That, that That's it, basically. Pay it forward. Pay it forward, right, with us as well as you know the folks that you work with. But I think um, an important part of that is to make sure people feel like that connection piece. And again, my membership levels are, the mom and pop level is 370 It's a, a, a year. It's a dollar a day. I teach people all the time. If you can't afford a dollar a day, that's more than a latte you have every day or a cup of coffee, right? And, and then on, on up for some of the larger ones. But uh, the majority of them are the 370 members. And I, I tell them, I want to give them that value back in spades every year. So there's never a question about renewing and being engaged and being involved. And I think if you do it from a perspective of what have you gotten out of a membership, like I talked about with the gym, the gym membership. You I gotta, love that. You got to be in it. To, you got to. I can give you all the cl- cliches in the world, but it's not a spectator sport. Life is not a spectator sport. I tell it from my 13-year-old who plays sports. You got to practice to do better. Practice makes perfect. But when it comes to business stuff, if you're out there, even by accident, you're going to find leads and opportunities just by showing up. And it happens a lot in our world. Uh, Lou and Dominic, you think you can get $370 a year out of your uh, members? Um, I don't know about that, <laughs> but we're, we're happy with, um, you know, our, um, our membership and, um, uh, you know, the dues, uh, for our community. Uh, again, we just would like to increase the percentage of the businesses that, uh, become members and, and thereby increase our revenue that way. What's your attrition rate like, Tom? We have a pretty, we have a pretty good renewal rate. The, the key to that thing has been those member committees, right? So I, I try to build diversity in the committees where I have, um, um, a variety of people from ethnicities and genders and so on, co-chairs, co-chair my member committees because like that, most of my members are volunteer, most of my, all volunteers, right? And if, if somebody's busy or the kid's got the flu, the, the work of the chamber has to continue. So I have two co-chairs for every committee that I try to handpick and get them to kind of work together. And when they have events, we bring those like-minded people in the spirit of birds of a feather flock together to come and learn about whatever the subject matter might be. When I first started the not-for-profit committee, I had people say to me, not-for-profit? We're, we're a business organization. And my comment was, 
have you worked with any not-for-profits? You know, the joke I always use is when they um, when they finally caught Willie Sutton. Willie, why do you rob banks? That's where the money is, right? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's true. Not-for-profits <laughs> are generally, you know, they, they, they barely can make ends meet, but they generally attract some well-heeled people. And I don't want them because of their money. I want them because of their passion, right? Mm. People that are, that are volunteers for a not-for-profit like your chamber and yours, they care. You know, my parish priest tells me all the time, you, you want to get something done, find a busy person, right? So you get those people involved and, and they help out and they jump in and it makes a difference. And so that's, we pride ourselves on that. And people tend to seem to want to get more involved in stuff and, and it ebbs and flows. People retire, they move away, they sell, the, they sell their business, but we have a pretty good retention rate and I'm proud of that. We've got about a minute here, but I didn't get your question for the other guests oh, in the room. Is um, there an- I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's a really tough, I think it's a really tough answer is, what are your biggest challenges, Dom, in your chamber of commerce? What's the biggest challenge you face? Well, again, I would say it was the the percentage of the membership. Um, Like we probably have close to a thousand businesses and we only have, you know, around 110. We do have very good participation from those because like I said, we get a very good turnout, 30, 40 people every luncheon. Um, So I would say the biggest challenge we have right now is growing the number of members. I, I would say uh, a similar, similar issue. It's always getting uh, the uh, new members to join, and of course retaining those that we've had. And we've uh, we've ebbed and flowed from uh, I think a, a low of maybe sixty, seventy members, and as high as probably two fifty uh, at our peak. So um, it's uh, it's always a challenge keeping those uh, members to join and then to uh, continue. Okay, before we wrap things up. I promise I'll give you guys a chance just for a quick little plug for your business. I want to start with Lou. I want the audience to know that Lou is the 2019 Business Person of the Year in Roslyn. Lou, tell us what you do. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, I own the uh, Certipro Painting uh, franchise in uh, in the Roslyn area, which covers about two-thirds of Nassau County. And uh, we uh, do commercial, residential uh, interior, exterior painting, and uh, we do it at a very high quality, very fair price uh, basis. Uh, we warranty all of our work, and we're part of the uh, the entire national group of uh, CertiPro, which uh, essentially is the largest painting operation residentially in North America. So we have about 400 owners, and they uh, they do uh, over over a half a, um, a billion dollars in sales. Annually. Talk anymore, we're going to have to charge you. you know? Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Dominic, tell us about your practice. You're, okay. you're an attorney, right? I'm an attorney. We're in Valley Stream. Uh, we've actually been in Valley Stream since 1973. So uh, my firm has been there for a, a long time. The uh, name of the firm is Minerva and D'Agostino. And we practice mostly in the area of real estate, but we do do some estate work, labor work, and some municipal work. Okay. Special thanks to my three guests today. And I'm not ignoring Thomas Gretsch because he's a paid president of the Queens County Chamber of Commerce, uh, Dominic Minerva, president of Valley Stream Chamber, and uh, Lou Federico, vice president of the Rosalind Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. It's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. As a reminder, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. Visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Special thanks to my engineer, Tamara Davis. And station manager Dan Cox. Up next, Project Independence and You. My name is Mark Snyder. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.